Welcome to Spartan Up Podcast from Fort Carson. I am with retired Command Sergeant Major Frank Gribby. Let it out. What are we going to thank everybody for? Well, Joe, as we know, as we stand here at Fort Carson, home of the mighty 4th Infantry Division and 10 Special Forces and some other great units, we're entering that Memorial Day weekend, that time of the year where all Americans take a moment and recognize those sacrifices of our U.S. service members. And I think it's important that Spartan Race, all we employees, you know, amplify that fact. And we take a moment and we recognize those Americans over the years who have... Uh, Rose her right hand to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, travel overseas in defense of freedom, and uh, made that ultimate sacrifice. And, and uh, for everybody out there, make sure if you ever see a service member, thank them for their service. Uh, we would not have Spartan Race if it wasn't for the military. We probably wouldn't have a lot of things that we currently have if it wasn't for the military. Oh, thanks, so Joe. thank Frank, thank Colonel Nye, and everybody else you run into. I, we got 10,000. Uh, men and women here today, uh, probably a lot of them service members. Exactly. So, exactly. so you can't thank them enough. Thank you. Well, thank you all. Joe, thanks. Here up. You're listening to Spartan Up Podcast. We're going to interview somebody every week from all over the world and see what they did in their life to become successful, no matter how they defined it. It's my pleasure today, really, to uh, we're going to talk to Frank Grippy, Sergeant Major Frank Grippy. And this guy is a legend in the Army, especially in the Ranger community. This guy has done it all. So anyway, the four of us, we're going to talk about him in here in a second, but let me introduce you to, uh, to my panel here today. As always, I've got the Seed Queen standing to my right, Pleasure. Sephra. Pleasure. I've got the good Dr. Dell to my left and one step back. Uh, and and <laughs> way to my flank, protecting my flanks, is uh, Dr. Honorary. Johnny Wade, who um, is the anchor of our crew here, and I just and, 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 and then we <laughs> and also have well-being. we have Marion, as always, stationed firmly behind the camera, giving us instructions. So anyway, like I said, Frank uh, is a legend. He was in the army for over 35 years. He has led at every level there is. Uh, he has been probably seen more combat than most people have uh, had arguments. So uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, he's got a lot of le- life lessons to give, no matter where your walk of life is. So anyway, let's go uh, listen to him and come back and chew on it a little bit. On my right, I've got legendary Ranger Frank Grippy. Frank uh, has got 30 plus years, 35 plus years, somewhere in there, in the United States Army. He's held every command or, uh, excuse me, a sergeant major position uh, that the Army has to offer. His final job was as the Senior Enlisted Advisor for U.S. Central Command. For those that you don't know, that is the uh, the command that oversees the, um, the all of our operations in the central part of, of the world. Uh, that is uh, Central Asia, I guess. Is, is Middle East, Central Asia. Middle East, Central Asia. All the fun but, countries. But Frank has been uh, been and done just about everything uh, that there is to do in the U.S. Army and mm-hmm. some stuff outside the Army, I'm sure. So we're going to talk to him a little bit and get to gain some uh, insight to some of those things and talk to him about it, grit and determination and kind of what m- made him be the man he is today. And also we can learn a little bit from him and if he could help us identify those things that would help someone be successful. Tim and I first met uh, when Tim was a young lieutenant and I was a young NCO back in 2nd Ranger Battalion. And uh, we conducted operations in Central America, specifically uh, nighttime parachute combat jumping to Rio Hondo, Panama. And we've been uh, close friends ever since after uh, bringing a little peace and security to our friends down there in uh, the south. Great way to spend Christmas of 89, I'll tell you what. 
memorable. Mm-hmm. I went, you know, I went back there uh, on the 25th anniversary. Yeah, I went back down there with about 40 guys. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty neat down there. To walk, uh, Noriega's house is now just uh, ruins. Mm-hmm. They've just kind of let it fall, but it sits on a beach. Beautiful spot. Now, was the reception as wonderful as it was on December 20th, 1989, with the red and green tracers? <laughs> a little different. Uh, and we can talk on a different podcast about some gotcha. of the things that gotcha. happened. Well, listen, uh, as you can see, Tim and I are good friends, and uh, presently I'm uh, retired from the United States military, and I'm working for uh, Spartan Race in uh, Pittsfield, Vermont, conducting our uh, winter agogi. And uh, we're halfway through uh, day one. We're presently doing a land navigation course. That's why we're indoors. We've been out in the snow and the cold all day. Uh, nighttime temperatures have been uh, 10 degrees below zero. The high today is supposed to be in uh, the one digits. And based on all your experience, um, on your combat experience, on your leadership experience, definitely on your, your ranger background, um, lending, uh, leaning heavily on that, of the candidates or students that we have here, what do you think some of the qualities uh, that they have that's going to make them come through? Are you, are you able to identify kind of relatively quickly uh, whether they've oh, got definitely. the right stuff or not? Definitely. Yeah, we have uh, 33 candidates at the moment, um, you know, mixture male, female, all walks of life in varied backgrounds. But for the most part, here you have individuals who you know, are, are coming on board to be tested in this very extreme event for 48 straight hours. You know, you could tell right away just through the initial interviews with individuals why they tell you they're here, the simplicity of the mind, body, spirit, challenge. You can tell just by their attitudes as we're going through different events and I have casual conversations with them. Their, their courage, their candor, their honesty in the way they relate to me, their experiences and why they want to be here. And, uh, you know, as a Spartan employee, you know, I, I take that to heart because we provide them that vehicle that allows them to be tested beyond the limits that a normal individual could do on just that, an individual basis. So yeah, there, there, there's a great concept involved when you, when you first meet an individual and watch them maneuver through the various courses and watch their attitude changes and so forth. And I'm real excited you know, to finalize this on a Sunday morning and see just <laughs> what the personal experience levels are, especially now that uh, we're uh, about an hour away from moving out on a, on a land navigation uh, course that's uh, lasting four hours up on the high ground here, followed by an hour back to refit, and then a, a, an event that'll keep them out in the snow all night. So that'll be pretty exciting. Uh, it'll be exciting, it'll be challenging, and it'll, be, it'll definitely uh, be uh, rewarding. I want to say some, there'll be some growth on some of these, some of these so, individuals. Very much so, But let's, let's talk more broadly just about you and about your travels uh, through grit, if you will. Um, what, what made you become Sergeant Major Grippy? I mean, you could, have, we, you, you could have gotten in and gotten out like the vast majority of guys did. But you stayed, and only did you stay, you ascended to the top of the mountain. What drove you to that? How, how did, did you always know that that's something you aspired to be? Or did, was it one foot in front of the other? What, what drove you yeah. to stay and to do as well as you did? Well, see, this is one of those questions where I hate talking about myself. Right. And when I've been asked to go and do professional develop for uh, develop classes for our NCOs and officers on my personal roadmap 
and how I got to where, you know, I finally ended up in the, as a Central Command uh, Command Senior Enlisted Leader. You, you know, the roadmap was simply this. I always wanted to be a paratrooper. I always wanted to be a ranger. I always wanted to test myself in combat for the United States of America and the free world, as simple as that. And I took on those challenges as a paratrooper over the years, moving up through the NCO Corps by just being asked to take higher levels of responsibility, striving for that responsibility, but in a way where I strove through taking care of the mission in my service members, my soldiers, my troopers. And that moved me into positions where, you know, through the blessings, through some luck, through a lot of grit, resilience, and hard work, I ended up in some upper-level positions within the military. But life was easy for me because I never had, a, had an issue if I wanted to be a doctor, a lawyer, a construction worker, whatever. I always wanted to be a soldier. And as time went on, it's like, hey, I want to jump behind enemy lines and do business. Yeah, but and I mean... there's the Rangers. Right. And it was this movement forward since then. Yeah. Yeah, but don't sell yourself short to make it sound like you couldn't have had those opportunities. Well, well, humble, humble, yeah, yeah. Humbleness is everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 <laughs> but I know you well enough to know you could have done any yeah, of those things yeah. had you wanted to mm-hmm. and had that been your, your goal. So, yeah, I mean, both of us. I've met guys that, uh, as a second lieutenant, wanted to be either a general or to lead battalions or brigades in combat. And for me personally, that was never mm-hmm. a dream. It was never even on the radar. It was, you know, the, the much shorter site, mm-hmm. come to work, do your job, continue exactly. to come to work. Uh, my daughter asked me once, how did I stay in for mm-hmm. 33 years? And I told her, if I would have, my first job would have been in a tire factory, mm-hmm. I probably would have been in a tire factory for 33 exactly. years because that would have been my job and mm-hmm. I would have stuck to the mm-hmm. job. I'll tell you what, when we, we're going to take a quick break okay. and when we come back, we'll talk about that. Outstanding. All right. Thank you. I hope you're not sitting still while you listen. If you are, you better get a burpee break in. Okay, on three. Yeah. So during a break, we kind of had a little bit more discussion on some things. But um, one, of the, one of the things we talked about is the, the lifelong learning that takes place when you're in a profession. Uh, and certainly the military kind of lays out a roadmap for you. And, you know, we have these little off-ramps where we go to our professional schools. Uh, and so, so those are mandatory. But then we also take on these other, these other um, scopes, if you will, where we, we go out and we learn, about, we learn about organizations, we learn about ourselves, we learn what's the art of the possible, all those kinds of things. But anyway, if you could just kind of talk about your, your growth through that self-actualization. You know, I, I took on the role of being an infantry man, a, a ranger, a paratrooper, combat leader. And uh, that put me in contact with some outstanding mentors along the way, from uh, general officers to other senior officers and some of the best command sergeants, majors, and senior NCOs the world has to offer, to include exposure to our, our foreign partners mm. across the board. And that foreign exposure, obviously, there's the friendly exposure and yeah, there's right. uh, the unfriendly exposure. But, you know, as, as a, a leader in... Um, you know, a profession of arms such as the U.S. military that dates back over 230 years. You know, we have specific lines of effort of education, both technical and professional, for that specific profession. And then we also take it upon ourselves for lifelong learning to go off into other lines of effort for civilian academia education. 
that fit our interests, such as business, humanities, you name it. Right. Okay, so we take that upon ourselves, mm-hmm. and we stress that on our. I always say our, our most important assets are our sons and daughters for their own professional development. So you know, personally, you know, I, I've taken on that role, and uh, I've been very comfortable in doing that. And along the way, you gain so much maturity and you learn so much within your specialty and then beyond your specialty that it, it, it sort of just lends you into these upper level positions. Right, but you've got to look for, you've got to look for opportunities as well. You do. You know, you've got to manage yourself a little bit exactly. and, and you've got to look for those opportunities. So it doesn't matter really if you're, you're in the military or whether you're in some other walk of life, but you've got to, you, you can't become so narrowly focused, exactly. right? And that's kind of one of the exactly. things that I think that we're trying to achieve out here is to, to broaden, broaden people's horizons and make them realize uh, they can do more than they thought they could, right? Exactly. I mean, but, exactly. But, but, but along those lines, I, given the amount of uh, deployments that you had and your level of responsibility, I, I mean, were there, I mean, were there times where you've been deployed and you've either looked around, and, and I know you saw individual acts mm-hmm. of, of bravery and heroism, mm-hmm. which is kind of grit, but I mean, was there any time you ever questioned yourself um, and said, okay, this, I need to back up here, you know, what, what are we doing? Uh, or was it always full speed ahead? Yeah, Ken? you know something? Um, I was always, uh, I'd have to say, full speed ahead with the mission. And that wasn't just me personally, but it was the type of units I served in. Right. And, and one of the things, you know, is we have this discussion, we're both, you know, former military. Everything we're discussing here applies into the business enterprise. Across yeah. all spectrums yeah. of business enterprise. So when we talk about leadership and candor and courage and honesty and values. You know, in reality, the military is just is connected to the civilian sector as the civilian sector to the military. So everything I've used, everything you've used as a professional officer, you know, is applicable out there in the civilian world. And yeah, you know, I, I've seen many, many a mission where, you know, I've obviously had to play the devil's advocate and had second thoughts, okay? But there's always that opportunity to work with the right people and to bring the right assets together to ensure that well, any mission that even may seem fictional <laughs> is accomplished in a reality sense with a good ending of, of mission accomplishment. Right, and then there's also, again, given the organizations you were with, the kind of the force of will, if you yeah, will. Force of uh, will is the, everything, the, yeah. The, the momentum mm-hmm. uh, behind having not only yourself, but hundreds of similar people pushing and driving exactly. And again, you go back to the responsibility. You don't. You're the leader, so you can't falter. And they're pushing you, but you have to. You have to be out in front as well. But but that's way. That wave is behind you, pushing exactly. to, to make kind of riding that wave a whole lot easier. One point I'd like to bring up, you know, as a leader, no matter if it's in government, military, business enterprise, your small business, entrepreneur, whatever it is, you know, when you're in a position of responsibility. You have to take on the role of living in a glass house. And what do I mean about living in a glass house? That's where you are totally transparent to all with the way you do business, your approachability, your articulation, both written and verbally, 
on, on how to give guidance so the mission can be accomplished. There's a lot of skill, there's a lot of art, there's a lot of schooling that goes into that, and there's a lot of hands-on application that's only learned through years of application. Some people, you, you really can't say they're naturals, but some learn sure. a lot quicker than others. But, you know, that is such an important asset in today's world where you, as a leader, have to be open kimono, transparent, and you have to show your values in your ethical conduct at all times. And, and that is what really, really sets leaders apart from the average individual who, on a daily basis, does their type of occupation. Well, it, it, as you know, it is, it is hard to be transparent uh, in, in, for, for many reasons. Um, but it's always interesting to me mm -hmm. that the word is, we're going to be transparent. You'll hear organizations speak like that. We are going to strive to be transparent. We're going to... You mean you're going to be honest, mm -hmm. you know, but honest in Simply, your approach, yeah. honest. I mean, that's what we used to call honesty, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you are as good as your word. Mm -hmm. you're, going to, you're going to say something, then you're going to do a something. look in the eye, the simple uh, handshake. Right. That's, I think, what transparency That transpar still means a lot in a lot of the a lot right. of parts and of I, the and world I think that we operate. You're, you're absolutely right. And I think within the military, it is, it is still a way of life. It is. Very, very it real is. and, and uh, very cherished. Um, all right, as we kind of wrap this mm -hmm. up, one thing that we do with... Um, Every, everybody we interview, mm -hmm. and uh, you as being a, a Spartan aficionado now, uh, we ask, what is your favorite exercise? My favorite exercise? Right. You, my favorite exercise, yep, yep. this is going against company policy, because the, be, the burpee <laughs> is Spartan. Right, but no one has Spartan ever said the burpee. No one has ever said burpee. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> After over hundreds of interviews, no one has said it, including Joe. But I'll tell you what. There is one thing that most people say. You know? My favorite personal, you're talking physical yeah, exercise. Yeah, if, if you go out tomorrow, if you weren't laying out here in the snow all night, mm -hmm. what would you do? You know, I would have to say that distance running oh, wow. is okay. my favorite exercise. The push-up is always fun because... No, I saw you doing some out there. They were good. That, you know? Good form. And uh, the burpee, as I found out during my first Spartan event where I missed a couple obstacles uh -huh. here and there, and I was doing the burpee in the military sense, where I went down, I did a four-count push-up, yep, yep. which is two push-ups in a sure. row, then jumped up. Yep. And I was wondering why people were looking at me crazy. Yeah, that's the old eight-count eight push-up, which the eight we used count. to do. Yeah. Yeah. So now I, you know, I'm told that you know, the burpee is just that. I was... well, the burpee comes from the Navy side. We, <laughs> we used to do eight-count push-ups in the Army. So, so it, that's, that's the difference. So uh, You'd be surprised. Most people say yoga, correct, Mary? A lot of people say uh, yoga. Yeah, and I just yeah. want to let you know you're not a young man anymore. So you might want to start thinking about doing some yoga. You know something, the VA's been telling me that. Yeah, you know? well, they, they, they might know what they're talking about. So the other day, I guess we get, we get closed with this. The other day we were in um, an executive meeting, and I had to take care of some, some business that could have had a, a negative portion to it with talking to some individuals. And it's like, now, Frank, you know, we're, we're trying to build this teamwork here, so be nice about it. And I had to come back with, well, of course, I'm always nice. I woke up this morning talking about yoga. I did my yoga. I had my incense burning. You know, uh, the, the application of being open-minded, being approachable, and understanding that everyone needs a little loving and everyone needs a little discipline to go along with that. And as a yeah, leader, that's, that's a good point. if you got 50% of your force loving you and 50% of your force hating you, perfect yeah. balance yeah. of leadership. <laughs> If too many people are loving you, well, you got to ramp up a little yeah, on yeah, discipline yeah, you and push vice harder. versa. Yep. 
So, uh, you know, I realize that watching other uh, mentors of mine, and, and, and I'll leave you with this point. You, you know, as much as you can learn from wonderful leaders around you, you can learn even more from individuals who have leadership issues oh, because you can well, identify with yeah. those issues and make sure you don't make those same no, mistakes. I, I would agree great with one, you. Great I, would ag- I would agree with you 100%, and, and I think I, I personally did that a few times in my career. Exactly. I'm not sure I was always successful, but there were some people I said, I never want to be like that. Frank, this has been a great discussion, but I was wondering if you could give us, if you could, about three uh, lessons, if you will, advice on life living skills on how to be successful. Yeah, it's an interesting question because there's a whole lot of assets that go on to being successful in today's world and just living a wholesome life. You know, I'd have to say discipline in the sense of both your mental, physical, and spiritual discipline and being committed to your body to make it completely healthy at all times along those three lines. You know, you've got to be able to get to a point in your life where you become very confident and self-actualized, okay? And that lends to wisdom that you can provide back, mm-hmm. and that flows right back into it. You gotta be able to give back. You know, I'm to a point in my life now after, you know, 34 years of service, it's time to give back to society. Yeah. You know, the skills that I've learned across that whole spectrum, and uh, be able to, uh, again, both in the, the government line of efforts, civilian, be able to give back but again, discipline overall, I would have to say your discipline, your agility to be able to react to different aspects in life, and, and honesty. Honesty, okay, yeah. is, is quite the commitment in today's world. And uh, that goes a long way. That goes a long way in business, in government, with your uh, family, it's almost with a your rare friends age. and associates. Yeah. 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 People recognize it. And as always, if you're a leader, you got to be totally transparent. Tim, it's it's always it's oh, a it's pleasure. Great, man. Let's, Who'd let's, ever guess uh, two years ago someone told us we'd be employed <laughs> by a guy named Joe DeSena in Boston <laughs> and working for Spartan Race, huh? Well, I guess there's only so many guys willing to go sleep in 10 degree weather. So well, we're going to be doing so, that so tonight. Let's, let's go give it a try. So we all think it's funny that his retirement is uh, a goji because. Uh, and you guys come out for summer goji. <laughs> it's no retirement. Um, but uh, Colonel and I, here's the thing. You know, some people are more or less familiar. Can you can you explain to people what it means to be a ranger in the terms of the, the hierarchy of the military? Uh, uh, rangers are a, a uh, wow. You think I could know this right off the top of my head? <laughs> well, listen, uh, no pressure. The rangers. I don't want to use the term elite, uh, but the rangers are a light infantry unit that is designed to to fight and win the nation's next war. Right. They are the, the, the team that gets called in when you have to call in somebody quick, fast, and deadly. They're not coming to talk or to discuss anything. When they're coming, you're in trouble, and they're coming for you. I mean, that's, that's what they are. What you going to well, do. When, when, you... when they come for you, that's exactly right. And after 15 constant years of combat, they have honed their skills um, very sharply. And, and so, it's just incredible. amazing. I mean, it's another example. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, it's good. Especially, but, uh, especially now that you know what a ranger is. No, it's just another example. I mean, he's the most respectful. Dell was saying, you know, says thank you after every question. And mm. he's so humble and he's so sweet and he's so kind. And it's just, uh, it's great to see those guys that have that, that, that lethal force that also have that, that, that amazing um, presence. And uh, so I believe he's Spartan chief of staff. 
um, <laughs> maybe we'll well the exact the exact title we don't know, but it, it's great that he's working. <laughs> titles that, are fungible. That he's working for Spartan. And, and in, in the military, titles mean something and are specific, and you know what they are. In I'm the just, corporate world, they're, 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 they're nebulous. nebulous. But yes, Frank is in <laughs> the loose. Spartan headquarters, and he is there to bring order and rigor and discipline. Uh, to that and headquarters, just like he just did like, to the to the men in the field, and just like you're yeah. doing for the podcast. That's why it's good. It's good to see that Joe it, Joe it honors and acknowledges the importance of the skills that veterans, especially such high ranking ones, can bring to his business. And so that's for all of you businesses out there. If you want the best pool that you can hire from, look look to veterans. Um, there you go. But uh, guys, Johnny, what do you think? Uh, well, I'm going to go back to some of the lessons I got from Frank and. Um, uh, first of all, just a uh, comment on him personally. I thought it was interesting that he said that he always knew what he wanted to do. He mm. always knew he wanted to be a soldier and that in some ways that made life simple. You know, he didn't have to decide am I going to do this or this or this. It was just simply this is the path that I'm on. But I also found it great that for a guy who had that much focus, he also said it's important that when you're focused on something, not to be so focused that you miss the parallel opportunities that come up along the way and that, you know, have a target in mind, but keep your uh, your line of vision Ooh. wide enough to see what, what else is coming down the pipe. That reminds me of a great... Um, Native American parable where this guy's really him, him and his wife they have like a, a, a just an argument in their in their wiki up and, and he's really hungry but he's walking on the trail but he's so focused on being angry that he misses you know the wild strawberries that are by his side and he's so angry that he doesn't but he's so hungry but he, he doesn't see the, the blackberries and the raspberries and it's just the, the, the point is when you get so angry and you get that tunnel vision like go into alpha you know um, uh, owl eyes kind of open up your your angle of vision and you're gonna see you're gonna fox walking owl eyes deer ears primitive skills look at look it up awareness I, I thought, what I'm we, saying, no, open I thought your you eyes. were saying allies not owl eyes <laughs> no yeah, owl eyes is when you, you, yeah. you, you put your fingers out here you can see when you put your fingers here and if you're walking in the woods yeah, and you I, use I your your vision it. in that way it's going to help you see the chipmunk and the squirrel and everything it's funny I, I, I didn't re- I didn't remember Frank saying that but what I did remember <laughs> saying was that uh, you can always learn by watching leaders and he said not just good leaders and I thought that was really great when he said that well but also watching not so great leaders. Yeah. He said, you know, he's had the opportunity over the years to see great leaders and learn from them, but also watch people that weren't such great leaders. And instead of discounting that and writing them off as being whatever, he would instead say, okay, here's an opportunity mm-hmm. for me to see what they could but be doing be, better and yeah. how I could maybe learn yeah. from that too. So I thought that was yeah. huge. And when he summarized that he, you know, he thinks that in your team, 50% should love you and 50% should sort of hate you yeah. <laughs> in that kind of I, leadership I'm gonna aspect. I'm just throw in a quick um, personal anecdote. My grandfather years ago, he said, Johnny, some people love J. Fred Green and some people hate J. Fred Green. But I will make sure that no one ever says, which one was J. Fred Green? Ah. <laughs> and, that, and that was your grandfather? That was my granddad. Okay. I like that line. <laughs> but that's a, that, I mean, that's a, that's, a good, that's a good thing for business too, right? I mean, in, in a major organization, you can, there's always something to be learned from, from everyone. And even mm-hmm. if there's people that you might not be high-fiving and getting swimmingly along with, you know, people are people and they all have attributes that, mm-hmm. that show you what works and show you what doesn't. And you just mm-hmm. build, build from that. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, you know what I like about these kind of strong military guys the older generation of military guys dare I say that dare I go there started is really it, great started yeah, to slide sorry. the compliment okay retired military personnel yeah. is that they still have that strong moral compass moral compass you know he talks about the transparency the glass house mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. ethical values well, and I think it's so important in business I, I think you're right and I think if you were to stand Frank and and our boss Joe DeSena next to each other the problem that, or the reason is that Joe probably hired him so quickly is they're very, very similar, again, in that respect, right? 
Frank's going to tell you what he's going to do, and then he's going to do it. And he's mm-hmm. going to tell you what you're going to do. And if you can't do it, then you're not going to be there. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's that simple. There is yeah. no gray areas there. Yeah. You know, He'll take the time to train you in that. I mean, if you can't do it today, you're still going to be expected to do it. You know, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a mark somewhere on the wall. And if you can't make it, if you can't meet the standard, then that's it. You're gone. And, and he, mm-hmm. he talked about how you, know, you have skills and you have all these other things, but there's also force of will. I like what he said that. He said, you just have to assert yourself on a problem and make sure it gets done. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, we did, we did the winner go gee together out here. Oh, um, and the first night was all about learning to build shelter, right? And we went out there and we chopped down some pine trees or some branches and cleaned the branches and cleaned out an area and put the mats down under and made a sleeping system. What, what and kind put of the, And put the mats underneath inside the sleeping bag and the rest of it and frank looked over at me and said okay well where they're sleeping let's go get a couple hours or something went over next to a tree and laid down (laughs) (laughs) in the snow as i stood over and said i think i'm gonna go somewhere else and lay down never lose those skills yeah that that is a hard (laughs) man i'm just here to tell you there's not a lot of guys that i could look over and say that's a that's a hard yeah yeah right again it was good 15 below or so that night yeah. and he's curling up in a fetal position you know underneath a tree well, <laughs> so he'll say well i'll wake Swoon. up when i when i start shivering yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay he probably wakes up and says thank you very much because yeah, exactly. he's so mild-mannered yeah, yeah. And another, thing, another thing that he said that we've talked a lot about is how um you know we talked to athletes it's how do those skills translate over into the business world or into the family world or whatever else mm-hmm. and frank was very clear that he felt that all the skills that he developed and learned and, and morals and whatnot in, in the military translated directly over into civilian life. And he said the other way around too, the things, the lessons you learn in civilian life mm-hmm. are the things that make you successful in the military. So um, I just want to thank everyone for watching and let you know that if, uh, whether you're watching on YouTube or on uh, listening on iTunes, uh, make sure you come back, uh, subscribe. You'll learn lots more from great men like this, great women. For show notes, video, and audio of this episode, visit SpartanUpPodcast.com slash 092. Thank you for listening to another epic story of success. Get more at SpartanUpPodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at SpartanUpPod. The Spartan Up Podcast is brought to you by Spartan. Isn't it time you found your true north? Sign up for Spartan X. Spartan X.